The following is a hoop ball presentation. What's up, Grizz Nation? Welcome to the show. I'm your host, David Williams. This is Hoop Ball Grizz. I'll be rolling solo tonight. I am on quarantine. Yay! Sam will be back with me soon. Um, this is just going to be short and sweet. Grizzlies played their final scrimmage. We head into basketball that means something on Friday. We are three days away from basketball games that mean something. Cannot wait. And the Grizzlies finished their scrimmages pretty strong. They win by 18, final score 128-110 over the Heat, but they led this game by 28 at one point and just dominated the Heat. It was a really good showing for the Grizzlies. I'm going to run through the numbers real quick, just give you uh, some stat lines. We're going to talk about a few things, and uh, we'll see where it goes. Uh, So, slow-mo, hello, Slow-mo is a sniper. Did anybody know? I, I didn't know. I had no idea. Slow-mo slow has been shooting the three with confidence in the bubble, and you love to see it. There were so many times early in the year that he would drive me crazy. He'd catch the ball wide open, had a catch-and-shoot three, and he wouldn't pull the trigger. He had zero confidence in that shot, and now he he is stroking Man, like he is 100% confident in his three-point stroke right now. And it is, if he continues shooting the ball the way that he's shooting it right now, that is a big, big win for the Grizzlies. So Slomo had 13-7, two assists a steal, and he was three for four from three. Jaron Jackson, 11 points, three rebounds, two steals, two blocks. The Wildebeest, the walking double-double, JV, 15-15. and 15. BB, he is alive and well. Thank goodness he did not look good in the first two scrimmage games. Played well today, 23 points on 8 of 12, including 4 for 6 from deep. Ja had a double-double, 22-12. He was super efficient. Shot 60% from the field. BC was himself 5 for 6 from the field, 11 points, 7 rebounds. Mr. Do-Something, out there doing something. Nine points, five rebounds, three assists, two steals. Grayson Allen contributed two threes for a total. Well, he had eight points total. And Tolliver, six points, four rebounds. So based off of what we have witnessed in the scrimmage games, it looks like it's safe to say that the Grizzlies are going to run 12 deep in this rotation. It was good to see the guys finally kind of hit stride a little bit today. Tyus had been struggling. His shot hadn't been falling. You know, I've said it already. Dylan has looked awful in the first two games. And then he came out today and and done what we all know that Dylan can do. Um, You know, I'm going to – I won't talk too much about him right now. I'm going to kind of go on a little bit of a rant about him later. But, you know, the Ja – it really didn't seem like he shot the ball as much as he did today because he was just, you know, he got those 12 assists and it's almost like the 22 points came quietly because he was just so efficient with it. There's a couple things 
that that I want to talk about today. I, I want to talk about Dylan and all the hate that he was getting after the first two scrimmage games, and I want to talk about Jaron Jackson. And is there a problem? Is there not a problem? We're going to dig into it. And then I'm going to talk a little bit about the matchup that the Grizzlies have on Friday. Let's start with Dylan. Like I said, he came out shooting the ball like crap in the first couple games. And it drives me insane how many people just roll over on these guys so fast. The Grizzlies go as Dylan Brooks goes. That, that's been throughout the, the season when Dylan Brooks scores 20 or more, the Grizzlies are winning. Um, I, I don't have it down in front of me. There's something like, man, I don't know, I, it's 14, 15, and 1, 16, some, something like that. I should have that. I apologize. I don't. But when Dylan Brooks is, is scoring, which is what you need Dylan Brooks to do in the two spot, the Grizzlies are winning. And when he's struggling, it's like every single person I see on Twitter is just, let's get, you know, uh, he's not the answer. He's not it. He shouldn't be starting. Who are you going to start? There's nobody else on this roster that you can plug in at the two. You've got DeAnthony Melton. Yes, but DeAnthony Melton is not as good offensively as Dylan Brooks. He's not. If you play, if your starting lineup is Ja, Melton, Kyle Anderson, Jaron Jackson, and JV, you're going to be in trouble. DeAnthony does not shoot the three very well. You're going to have spacing, spacing issues if you have DeAnthony out there instead of Dylan. You, you want to talk about Grayson Allen. He's not there. He's not on Dylan's level. Dylan is a way like far superior defender like it's not even close and it's not like I'm not hating on Grayson I like Grayson but you know defensively Melton and Dylan are pretty close so if you start Melton over Dylan okay you don't lose anything on defense but I think you do offensively if you start Grayson I've not seen enough from him to be convinced that he can do what Dylan does on the offensive end. I've, I've been a part of or, or looked at a ton of different conversations and different point of views that people have pointed out with the issues that Dylan's having. So there was one guy that said, well, they just need to set him down and say he's a 3 and D. He doesn't need to worry about creating his own shot. He doesn't. Okay, no, 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 no. He, yes, yes, they want him to, to be the guy on defense, and Dylan Brooks is that guy on defense. If you've watched any Grizzlies games this year and you really paid attention to him when he's matching up against guys like James Harden, uh, Damian Lillard, like the, the, the big guys on the other team, the, the elite scorers on the other team, Dylan takes those matchups personally and he busts his ass when he's guarding those guys. And some of those guys, you're not going to shut down. You're not going to stop James Harden. But Dylan makes him work for it. And James Harden scores a lot easier on the Grizzlies when somebody other than Dylan is guarding him. So Dylan is doing his job on the defensive end. This whole he needs to just be a 3 and D, doesn't need to worry about creating his own shot. That's garbage, man. Don't, don't, I don't want to hear that. I don't want to see it. The Grizzlies need an elite wing that can create his own shot, that can score. 
if he's just a three and D guy, like it, you cannot be one dimensional. You can't, you know, if, if he's just three and D then you're, you're turning into, well, I mean, I don't even want to, I was going to say Kyle Corver, but that's not even a good comparison because Corver is not really good on defense, but you know, I, I don't want a guy. Here's a perfect example and make it a lot of hate. And I hate it on this guy too, but Chandler Parsons, Chandler Parsons pre injuries was a shooter. Like he wasn't creating his own shots. He was not a, like you didn't have to worry about him being explosive off the dribble and going to the hole on you. And that limited him some, I want to see Dylan doing exactly what he's doing. Is he going to have nights where he's awful and he shoots two for 12 and we're like, Oh my God, what is he doing? Sure. He's going to have those nights. Everybody is, but Dylan is still young. He's like, he's older than some of the other guys on the team, but he's still got plenty of years before he even gets to the old Mark. He can still grow. And there's so many of you guys out there that are just ah, giving up on him. He's not it. He needs to be a role player. He needs to be a three and D guy. Give him a chance. Yeah, we have it. We, we have seen Dylan play awful he had he had one month where he was killing it. January, I think it was. He was just we're like, all right, look, if we can get this Dylan all the time, we'll take all of it. Inject it into my veins. I will take it. And then the calendar rolled over to February and he disappeared. He played good, got his contract. He's like, all right, I got paid. Meh. <laughs> now I'm not gonna play. That's not exactly how it went down, I'm sure, but that's what it seemed like. After he got paid, after he got the contract, it's like there was not as much production there. But I, for one, am still convinced that Dylan Brooks can be the two-guard of the future for this team. He needs to develop. He needs to be more consistent. He needs to have a better shot selection. There's a lot of things on the offensive end that he needs to do. But if you go back and you compare numbers with some of the guys that are elite in this league right now, in their second full year, his numbers are not that far off. And obviously I'm not I'm not sitting here saying I think Dylan Brooks is going to turn into an elite all-star guard. I would love for that to happen. But if he could turn into a, a serviceable, a decent two-guard, with consistency and it's making better decisions, then that's going to be what the Grizzlies need. You got a guy, you you have a couple guys, and Tyus Jones and John Morant that are going to take care of the ball. And having extra playmakers is not a bad thing. I just want to see a little more. Man, I'm not like consistency, obviously, but but better decision making. And I think that that will come with time. I think that he will improve on that. He is working super hard on the defensive end. He is a plus defender. I legitimately think that he's going to make a first-team all-defense in his career because that's how hard he works on the defensive end. As this team grows, as this team develops more, I think that you will see that in Dylan's future. We'll see. We'll, we'll see what's going to happen with him, but I'm not ready to give up on him. And all you clowns out there that were hating on him on the first two scrimmages, 
I tweeted it out today and I'm sticking by it. I don't want to see you all over Dylan because he had a good game. Like you keep your same energy hating on him. Just keep it. Keep saying that he's not the answer and let him keep proving you wrong. Well, moving on. Now we're going to move on to Jaron Jackson. He has been in foul trouble throughout the scrimmages. Had some issues. And is this going to be a revolving door thing? Is this going to be a permanent thing for Jaron Jackson? Are we always going to have to worry about this? He's elite. There's no doubt about it. He is an elite player. I think that he's going to be a multi-time all-star. But are the fouls going to be a reoccurring issue? So I I went through, I looked it up, and Jaron played in 23 games this year. That way he played more than But there were 23 games where he had five or more fouls, had five fouls or fouled out. He had nine of those games where he played less than 25 minutes. In the nine games that he had five or more fouls and he played less than 25 minutes, he averaged 13 points, three rebounds, and slightly under a block. I think I want to say it was like .6 or .7, somewhere around in there. So basically a block a game. 13 points, three rebounds, and a block. In the 14 games that he was in foul trouble and he played over 25 minutes, he averaged 21, 6, and 1.7 blocks. Are the fouls an issue? Yes. Yes, they can be an issue. If it affects how long he is on the floor, if he doesn't get to that 25-minute mark, you see the difference. 13 points compared to 21. He's got an 8-point difference in his production. The rebounds drop. The blocks drop. Every, you know, If you're not out there, you don't have the time to be on the floor, you're not going to hit those numbers. But he can still be productive getting, you know, if he's getting the, the five fouls. There was one game, I, I want to say it was against Sacramento, and he played 34 minutes and ended up fouling out. Not that I want to see him foul out at the end of the game because in order for the Grizzlies to win and to beat good teams, he's going to have to be out there. But I'm definitely not ready to say that this is going to be a career-long issue for him. He's 20 years old, for crying out loud. He's 20. Give him some time. This young team is miles ahead of where anybody thought that they were going to be at this point. Vegas had them, I I, th- I want to say the over-under at Vegas was like 26 wins for this team. And they got it in a shortened season. They crushed it. Like that, They would have been way above that split. So if, if you were at the beginning of the season, if you knew something that I didn't know and you decided that you're going to place that bet and you're going to take the over and you won, good on you. Good on you, man. But the beginning of the season, especially early, like you, you watch some of the early games, like especially the, the Bulls game, their home opener, they were awful against the Bulls. And I definitely, I would have been betting under after watching that game. I actually talked to a guy about it in the stands. He said, you know what, my buddy messaged me and asked me what I thought if he should take the over or under. And he actually, this guy bet the under on the Grizzlies. He's like, you know, if I lose, I lose. But he said, based off of what I'm seeing right now, 
I don't think I'm going to lose. Nobody likes to lose money, but he's kind of glad that he did. The team kind of, you know, they turned it around. They turned into a young team that's exceeding expectations at this point. And that's what you have to look at. There's so many people that are like, you know, oh, I'm, I'm done with Jaron or Dylan Brooks is not in. Guys, this team was not supposed to be where it's at right now. I said it, I think, right when the COVID shutdown happened. Whatever happens from now moving forward to the end of the season, if the Grizzlies did not win another game, this was a successful season for this team. It was a successful season. Nobody, there was not a single expert, there was nobody out there that said that the Grizzlies would be where they're at right now. And here we are. I can't believe, I can't wrap my mind around how fast some of you all flip on these guys. Like, (laughs) it's like one minute, yes, awesome, great, fantastic. And then the next minute, trade them, get rid of them. Tired of looking at them. They're never going to be this. They're never. This team is young. Give them some time to develop. Ja Morant is already a bigger star than any of the core four. He is a rookie right now. Ja Morant is already a bigger star than any member of the core. Mike Conley, Mark Gasol, Zebo, T.A., Ja Morant is already a bigger star than any of those guys. Fight me. Fight me. I don't care. You can get mad at that statement if you want to. I don't care. It's facts. I traveled to New Orleans over the new year, and I went down. I watched the Pelicans play the Rockets at the Smoothie King Arena. It was an awful experience. That arena is terrible. I hated it. But there were kids... In Zion country that had John, there were kids with John Morant jerseys in the arena. You know, we, we went in and we were watching the game. We didn't have our Grizzly stuff on, but there were kids with John Morant jerseys on in the arena in New Orleans. You didn't see that with a core four. John Morant is a bigger star already. This team is miles ahead of where it needs to be. Those of you that are overreacting, saying that this is a plague, Jaron Jackson is always going to be in foul trouble, pump the brakes, man. Like, you you cannot peak and valley that hard. You cannot do it. You can't sit here one minute and be so high on him, and then this he has a, games that don't mean squat. They're scrimmages. It's preseason, basically. And firehouse sell. Get rid of him. I've I've given up on him. This is going to be a reoccurring problem. Quit, dude. Just stop. Jaron Jackson is a stud, is going to be a stud for a long time. These things that he has going on are things that will get better with time. I saw a tweet. Uh, Parker Fleming from Grizzly Bear Blues, he tweeted out, And I don't remember, there were three guys that he mentioned that that averaged around the same amount of fouls that Jaron is averaging right now early in their career. And the only two that I remember were Joel Embiid and DeMarcus Cousins. Look me in the face and tell me that you would not be okay with Jaron Jackson turning into guys that produce 
like Joel Embiid and DeMarcus Cousins. If Jaron Jackson is putting up numbers like either one of those guys, obviously Cousins is older now and he's not, you know, he's been injured. He's not putting up those numbers. But Sacramento boogie, our New Orleans boogie, the, you know, he's a 20 20 almost every night guy. If you're going to look me in the face and tell me you're not okay with that, like, my gut reaction is just to smack you because you're dumb, but like <laughs> you, you're you're going to be fine with that. Give him some time. He's twenty years old. He's twenty. He's got to figure stuff out. He's going to get bigger. He's going to get stronger. He's going to get smarter. The coaches are going to work with him. This coaching staff has done a fantastic job already. Give these guys a little bit of time. The Grizzlies are not built to win the championship this year. If they do, man, I promise you that COVID and all, I'm going to be down there with a mask on, not socially distancing, enjoying this parade. I'm going to be in it. Like, I I will be there 100%. But if they don't win this year, it's okay. It is completely fine because they've already won more and they're already in a situation that is great for them and they're in this stage of their development. They're already in a situation that's great. This experience that they're getting, the bubble is not like anything else, but they're playing meaningful games at the end of the season when they were supposed to be in the cellar. So we're already miles ahead of we we may even see regression next season because next season the if the warriors are healthy you know the the trailblazers struggled with injuries this year there were some good teams that really struggled with injuries and stuff they're going to be back next year the west is going to be stronger so there's no guarantee that the grizzlies make the playoffs next year might regress i don't know but either way you have to look at what the Grizzlies were projected to do before the season started and where they're at right now and be happy with it. Enjoy the fact that there is a superstar playing for the Memphis Grizzlies, a superstar playing in Memphis. You cannot say it has not happened before. As much as I love Mike, as much as I love Mark and Zebo and TA, you know, that there's been some guys that at, at some point in their career were superstars. You know, if you want to count Allen Iverson, count him, wasn't there, what, three, four, whatever games. Vince Carter was there, but he was at the tail end. You know, he was not the explosive Vince Carter that was Toronto. He was back into his career and changing his game. And, you know, he played forever. I was super glad that Vince was there. I loved watching him play. Loved him as a player overall. But Memphis has not had a superstar play there. Haven't. The Grizzlies as a team, just they haven't. And they have one now in John Morant. Be happy with that. Stop hating on Jaron. Stop hating on Dylan. Give these, time, give these guys time to develop and turn into what they possibly can be. This is really like Dylan's second full season. I realize he's been in the league a little bit longer than that, but injuries and stuff like that. So this is like his second full season. He's still developing. 
where was Giannis at his second season? What was he doing? It, was Giannis the player that he is now in his second season? You can go and look at the stats, and they'll tell you, no, he wasn't. Do I think Dylan Brooks is going to turn into Giannis? No, obviously I don't. But I'm just saying, you, you can't sleep on these guys this early in their career, or you can, but it's just crazy, man. You can't expect them to make veteran choices this early in their career. It just doesn't happen. All right, I'm done ranting about that. So the fouls were, were with Jaron. Obviously, the production's down. If he doesn't hit that 25-minute mark, production's way down. We want to see that get better. I really think that that will improve. He had a he had a good stretch there in the middle of the season where he was, you know, yeah, he was committing fouls, but he wasn't fouling out, and it wasn't affecting his time on the floor. And so as long as he is getting in the minutes, that's what's important. You want the production. He's going to be productive out there. He's going to watch video. The coaches are going to work with him. He is going to improve. That is going to get better. Let's just give him a little bit of time. Guys, we had, we had have, I don't know, it's kind of past and present. I've got good news for you. Hoopball has paired up. We were paired up with them prior to the COVID-19 shutdown, before everything got shut down. And now they're back. They're back on board. My bookie, mybookie.ag. First off, I'm excited that sports are back, right? Like, it's not that sports are essential, but you don't realize how much of your life are for me, how much of my life was kind of involved watching, playing some sort of sports. So they're back. My bookie's back up and running. We partnered up with them again here at Hootball. And it's a better deal than last time. Last time you were getting a 50% match on your initial deposit. Right now, if you go to mybookie.ag, you use the promo code Hootball, my bookie will match your initial deposit 100%. On top of that, if you're a baseball guy, they're going to throw it. Even if you're not, they're going to throw it in. You're going to get free money. You you get the 100% deposit match, plus they're throwing you an extra $10 for a, an MLB future wager. Go and check them out. MyBookie has more lines and better odds than any other betting site out there, and they will take care of you. Again, it is MyBookie.ag. The promo code is HoopBall, HoopBall, H-O-O-P-B-A-L-L, and they're going to match your initial deposit 100% and give you a free $10 for an MLB futures wager. MyBookie's terms are super simple, guys. You bet, you win, and they pay. Go check them out, mybookie.ag. Use the promo code HOOPBALL. Get that deposit match. Get that $10. Go and win some money. Check out the HOOPBALL Gaming Podcast. Ira, Devin, those guys over there are super excited to have sports back. They're coming in. They're giving you some advice. If they're, you know, If you're not a baseball guy and you want to know where to place your futures bet, Go check them out. That's, man, it's back Friday. Friday, the Grizzlies are playing basketball for real. It's games that count, and it's a big one. It's a big one. Their first game 
back, the first game that counts is against one of the teams that is chasing them. Obviously, everybody in the bubble is kind of chasing them, but one of the bigger threats to the Grizzlies for this eighth seed, and it's against the Portland Trailblazers. The Grizzlies have got to take care of business in this game. You beat Portland right here. You are in the driver's seat moving forward. Portland's got some work to do in order to catch the Grizzlies to force a play-in game. But if the Grizzlies come out and they beat this team in the first game, gives you a little extra cushion. It gives them some cushion. And then they go into their second game against a depleted Spurs team. The Spurs were already missing some guys. And then Derek White suffers a foot injury. So now their starting point guard is out. And it's not a COVID-related injury. So he's not replaced on the roster. They're already missing. Uh, LaMarcus Aldridge is already out. So I, I had the Grizzlies penciled in to win the Spurs game. And with Derek White being out, that's another like that's another key piece for them that's missing. So now... If the Grizzlies come out Friday, they beat the Trailblazers, they can they'll be two and zero going. There's a good chance they're going to be two and zero going into the matchup against the Pelicans on the third. That's a, this stretch. The Grizzlies go Blazers, Spurs, Pelicans, Jazz, Thunder. Those five games, obviously, each game is important, but those five games are vital. They're not going to move up on the Thunder, so that's not. But they those those teams are the teams that you really need to beat because you don't know what you're going to see in the other three teams. The last three games, if they're playing full strength, the last three games are brutal for the Grizzlies. They're playing the Raptors, the Celtics, and the Bucks. Those teams may not have anything to play for. This could work out in the Grizzlies' favor if that's how it goes down. But if it doesn't go down like that, then these first five games, you have to take care of business. So Friday, three days away. Three days. Not even three days. Well, yeah, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Friday, three days. Playing basketball that means something. Glad it's back. Excited. Like, everything is back. Baseball basketball, NBA, WNBA. I'm loving it. I've got nothing else for you tonight, guys. That's it. The, the Grizzlies, again, they took care of business today against the Heat in a scrimmage game. Didn't really mean anything, but they did beat them by 18, 128 to 110. And that's a good way to end the scrimmages to head into the games that mean something. We'll see. This is where the rubber meets the road. The Grizzlies got some work to do but they're in the driver's seat. You control your own fate. You go out there and you take care of business. Nobody's going to take over your spot. And then you're moving on to the playoffs. So we get playoff basketball, which would be fabulous. I hope that happens. I believe that it's going to happen. Tuned in to every game, watching as much as I can, hoping that my work schedule doesn't interfere with it. I, I think that, I'm pretty much going to get to watch the majority of the games based off of work schedule, but we'll see either way. I'm, you know, I'll go back and watch a replay or keep up. I'm going to listen to it. Even if I'm at work, I'm going to have the app going with my headphones in So Here we go. We're down to the nitty gritty guys. 
that's all I've got for you today. You can find the show at HoopballGrizz on Twitter. I am at DWill2111. Sam is SammyB1118. That's all we got. Until next time, go Grizz. This has been a HoopBall presentation. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.